baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Chris and Amy Show, sponsored by Summer at SLU. Find your kids' best summer yet at St. Louis University. Time to rewind. It's the Chris and Amy Rewind Recap. Well, here's what you missed. Amy just said something really bad about a person, and now Michael Calhoun's going to go tell them. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I said something funny about someone with a funny name. And Michael is going to tell that person. is going to be a snitch, baby. Yep. Well, you deserve it. I didn't do anything wrong. All right. Let's so we start recap the show. We started I'm the back. show. We started the show because over the weekend was the first MLS game for City SC ended in a tie and they mm-hmm. tied it like right at the end of the game. They were about to lose and they tied it. So um a pretty exciting moment. Mm-hmm. It was my first City Park game, first time I've been inside City Park for any reason whatsoever. The place is as beautiful as what they tell you. And the atmosphere is as fun as everything we have heard. I loved it. And what he is telling you is to go get tickets to That's a right. city game because it's unbelievable. Also, I had a first uh, this morning, a horrible driver, a panic merger. You know who I'm talking about, the people that are on the entrance ramp coming onto the highway. And all they're thinking is, got to get over, got to get over, got to merge, got to merge. And this person in a gray minivan with a short haircut and eyeglasses mm-hmm. just merged like right into my car. So I laid on the horn that they pulled back over and then started to merge again. So I laid on the horn and I was livid. It was just west of Kings Highway on eastbound 40. And I just was yelling, what are you doing? What in the world are you doing? And I'm gesturing with my arms, and I look over, and that person is yelling because now this person has merged two more lanes. So is I'm looking out the driver's window, driver's side window. That person's yelling and gesturing, and we made direct eye contact, and we we're both yelling and gesturing, and that has never happened to me before in my Texter life. Texter wants to know if that car was giving you, that the person in the other car was giving you the your number one gesture. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. They Neither didn't? of us were. No, it was okay. uh, just like... Uh, almost like the uh, Italian chef in the movie is like, hey, what are you doing? And like throwing the hands in the air, like the back of our hands. I could see the back of their hand. They could see the back of my hand. What are wow. you doing? Well, wow. yeah. So what the, the, the what's happened here is Amy has become a real person because she's finally had. Here's what it is. Road rage. You know what it is? It's COVID has made me crabby. I had extreme fatigue with this round of COVID. I've had it before, never had fatigue like this before, and it has made me irritable. I think that's what it is. I'm very fatigued. It's actually pretty depressing, so I could use some words of encouragement because you do start to feel like this is my new life. This is my existence now. Yeah, you're going to be okay. It's just going to take a little bit of time and you'll be okay. I had a say, you might never be the same. Wow, there you go. Like, I don't well, believe him. Like you may never get, you may never get back. You know, this could be a long COVID, and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then I cried. I cried on the way home from the doctor. That was depressing. Uh, you're gonna be okay. 
I don't know. You gotta believe, Amy. I think I think I'm gonna apply for this Mars simulation. Not bad. NASA, just FYI, looking for four people to live in a Mars simulator for one year. But you have to have uh, a STEM degree. Well, is that what it is? Probably. Well, I don't have that. I don't have a degree. Yeah, you can't go. Um, we also discussed Nikki Haley, who got beaten pretty badly by President Trump, uh, former President Trump, a 20-point loss, which was not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but still, it's a pretty decided loss in your home state. But she is not going to drop out. She is losing Coke industry money, however, which yeah, is a... dropped her. They've dropped her, which is a problem, but she says she's going to stick with it until it is over, over. But I would think... Looking at that result, which we all expected, it pretty much is over for her. Yeah. No, I, you know, and this could be a long game where she's thinking, hey, in four years, I'm going to run again and I'm going to be the candidate that didn't give up, didn't drop out. Uh, she could also be, you know, pushing for this. You never know. I mean, if an act of God or Trump's in jail, I'm not sure. Maybe they need to have a number two. But Nikki Haley is still in it, plans on being in the race at least until March 5th. You mentioned the Koch brothers, uh, Koch money. They have dropped her. They're not supporting Trump. They're just focusing on Congress now. And you mentioned some pretty uh, startling, though not entirely surprising numbers from the exit poll. So CNN had some exit polls from the South Carolina primary and When it came to white evangelical Christians, 75% voted for Trump, 24% voted for Nikki Haley. Everyone else, 51% Haley, 49% Trump. Um, I I think it's frustrating. I've talked about this with uh, my friends who, um, some some of my friends who are uh, true Christians as well. I say that because sometimes people just use the title Christian. They'll say, well, I'm not. I'm not Jewish, I'm not atheist, I'm not Muslim, I must be Christian because we went to church, right? And it's more of an umbrella versus an actual, real dedicated faith, which generally was the title evangelical Christian was was limited to that. But this is very interesting, very frustrating that Donald Trump has such a stronghold on that group. It is confounding to me how he was able to stranglehold that group uh, or that group was able to give them their fealty so so holy. I, I don't know. But Donald Trump, uh, well, he had some more interesting quotes recently. I guess now would be as good a time enough as any to look at what he had to say at CPAC when he was speaking to the groups there. And then I got indicted a second time and a third time and a fourth time. And a lot of people said that that's why the black people like me, because they have been hurt so badly and discriminated against. And they actually viewed me as I'm being discriminated against. It's, it's been pretty amazing. But it, we've all seen the mugshot. And you know who embraced it more than anybody else? The black population. It's incredible. You see black people walking around with my mugshot. You know, they do shirts and they sell them for $19 a piece. It's pretty amazing. Okay. I'm a little okay. bit at a loss for words with how distasteful, gross, and ignorant those I, comments are. I don't know. It's, it's, you don't think very much of your, of a group of people if that's what's in your mind. If you're thinking, well, they like me because 
they have mug shots, so I have mug shots, so we're the same. You know, it, <laughs> you clearly don't think very much of them mm-hmm. if that's what you're saying. And also... And it's insulting their intelligence, too. It's insulting their intelligence. It is uh, indicative of, I think, prejudice against black people in the United States. Also, it trivializes the history of discrimination against black people in the United States in the same way that when Donald Trump compared himself to Navalny, it trivialized what Navalny went to, it went through. There are, like, again, multiple layers of why this is an ignorant comment. But when Trump had said, had talked about uh, being unfairly persecuted or discriminated against and then likening himself to someone. A political prisoner. A political prisoner who died in prison at the hands of a war criminal and a dictator in Vladimir Putin or comparing yourself to uh, a population that in their history were enslaved in the United States of America and Donald Trump living in his gilded towers saying, I know what it's like to be discriminated against. The problem with that is people are, most people with sense don't believe that. I think if you have any sense, you don't believe that. But there are a lot of people who do, Mm. who think he is a legit, uh, that this is all political and they're just trying to put him in jail. Look, or they're trying to get him off the ticket. The Biden campaign believes that he's the best shot of winning. That if if Trump is the nominee, they think they're going to win. So the last thing they would want to do is let Haley get the nomination because there's a better chance that she beats him than Trump would beat him. Yeah. So it doesn't really make any sense. By the way, did you see the Navalny story from earlier today? The reporting that he was one day away potentially from being freed in a prisoner swap. I did not. So there were Americans allegedly involved in this this swap, and uh, Germany was involved in this, but he was one day away from that, according to this reporting. And I guess the thought is the Kremlin didn't really want him to be part of that prisoner swap. And so the thinking is that they just eliminated that possibility. Hmm. So it's... It's really, I mean, that's a that's a huge report. Yeah, yeah, and but again, it's not surprising at all. No, and it's 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 really sobering when you look back that it has been two years since Russia invaded Ukraine. I mean, I remember talking about that, and of course, it harkens back to how long it's been. When I say that, I first had that discussion with Charlie Brennan. Charlie Brennan and I were talking about the actions of Vladimir Putin invading Ukraine. And for the people in Ukraine, it's easy for us to get distracted and go, oh, yeah, that's still going on. For the people in Ukraine, this is their every single day is being under attack by the Russian military. And Vladimir Putin, a dictator who longs for the reestablishment of the Soviet Union. We spent some time today talking about Evolution Festival, which is coming back to St. Louis, and the president of Contemporary Productions, Steve Shankman, joined the show. We talk about iconic. Blondie crosses all genres of music and, and fashion. I mean, just totally iconic. And to have Blondie on, on this stage, 
kind of keeping with what we did last year, some new, some old, some historic, some iconic, and some just great music. Yeah, the Killers are going to be mm-hmm. part of this show. Beck, Jane's Addiction, Blondie, Killer Mike is going to be there, L. King, Pete Yorn. So it's a big lineup September 28th and 29th in Forest Park, and tickets will be on sale Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock, evolutionfestival.com. Is Killer Mike not in jail anymore? Remember how he got arrested right after the Grammys? Yeah, I don't think he's in jail. He just got arrested? Yeah, I don't even know what it was. Was it DUI or something? I don't know. All I know is he won multiple Grammys, then he got arrested. I did not follow the story Yeah, I didn't either. So I'm sure sure he's fine. Yeah, he'll perform. He's not <laughs> he's not in prison. You know, but that's the last thing you hear is he won Grammys, he got arrested, but then well, he'll he, be performing. He's he fine. Tweeted he, 16 minutes ago, so I don't think he's in prison. No. So no. also, hey, baseball, uh Matt Pauley joined the show. Mason Wynn had a really nice debut going three for three and What's going to happen with Mason this season? He's going to be the everyday shortstop. Oliver Marmel has made it very clear that there is zero pressure on him to perform from an offensive standpoint. As long as they look at him and see that he is getting better and progressing at the plate, whether there are results that go along with that, uh, they are fine with it. It almost seems like he doesn't have to get a hit to be the everyday shortstop for the Cardinals. They're so comfortable with the rest of the lineup and with what he does defensively impacting the team in a positive way. So anything he does from an offensive standpoint is going to be very much a bonus in terms of the way the Cardinals view him this year. An exciting young player. The Cardinals have a few of those. Jordan Walker, of course, will be in his second season with the club. Uh, Mason Wynn coming back as well. He spent some time with the team last year. So really looking forward to seeing how he develops. By, By the way, the Cardinals are playing the Marlins in another Grapefruit League game. First inning, there's no score. Just thought I'd let you know that. Spring training baseball is happening right now, baby. And we're going to dip into Sunday Gray, we think. We think tomorrow. This, it, there are a lot of moving parts, and if we're going to air some of the broadcast, we kind of have mm-hmm. to shift things around, so we'll know more about it. But you might get to hear at least some baseball tomorrow. On KMOX, it's Amy Marks Cores. I'm Chris Ranji. When we come back, hey, we've got stuff to talk to you about. And, um, well, we're going to let Amy set it up. And when we come back, we're going to do that. Okay. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Well, we haven't yet addressed this ranch, yeah. uh, but it seems the country has. There was the controversial ruling in the Alabama Supreme Court regarding IVF, and a lot of the headlines basically say the Supreme Court rules that embryos in IVF treatment are children. I think there are multiple layers to this story. And I do think it shows just how much a lot of people, and even especially a lot of people on the pro-life side, haven't perhaps sussed out what exactly they believe about conception, when life begins, pro-life, 
IVF, and so forth. I looked more into IVF in this past week than I've ever looked into it because it was something that I think you kind of take for granted that, you know, this is science being used to help people who want to make to, to build families to have families, um, you know, a woman to get pregnant if she can't get pregnant for whatever reason. And what we're seeing, though, with this IVF, this ruling in Alabama, uh, it, it's really called started this whole storm across the country of people worrying and, you know, stopping IVF treatment. I think three facilities in Alabama have because they're afraid, oh, my gosh, are these embryos considered children? I, I think it's important. The Alabama Supreme Court did not say embryos are children. What they did say was that the extrauterine embryos fell under the protection in this Alabama law that talks about unborn children. And the dissent said, well, extra uterine embryos have to be explicitly included in the law. And the majority said, well, I think extra extra uterine embryos have to be explicitly excluded from the law. So it was more of like, do they fall under this unborn child rule because they're different states, right? We know that embryo becomes a child. At the same time, it, man, oh man, did this open up a Pandora's box of of questions of what we regard to be life or to be a child or not. Because one person said, well, there's an embryo, right, which a lot of people consider the point of conception, but in a, a um, non-assisted pregnancy, you're not pregnant until the embryo implants in the uterus, right? So you have fertilized embryos that don't implant, so it's you're never pregnant. So would you consider the embryo a child in a case in the freezer, but not if it doesn't implant? All this, all this, <laughs> you know that's, I mean? that's like, the issue. And I, I think, it's like because you would never say yeah. a woman's pregnant if it didn't implant. Because if the moment of conception is when it's fertilized... Well, okay, it's fertilized, but it can be fertilized and not implant, which means she's never pregnant. It's not the same thing, but the the problem that has been created in the last two years by mm-hmm. a lot of these decisions, starting with the Dobbs decision and now stuff like this, though they're not the same situation, the problem that's been created is that healthcare providers in some places are afraid to provide health care because they don't know if they're going to get in trouble for it. And all they have done, people who are on that side of the issue, have caused this confusion. And you have situations where, you know, you've got you've got people who have these pregnancies that are um, literally going to potentially kill them or cause severe problems otherwise, uh, severe problems with their health, but they can't get the treatment, they can't get... The, the pregnancy taken See, care of because doctors are afraid to perform the procedures and they are told things like come back if you start to bleed out or come right. back if you go in a sepsis, and I think it's, which is which is all this has done is create that confusion. But see, I think it's deeper than that because I think the confusion is several steps down the road from the initial source of the confusion, which is we have no idea what we believe when it comes to what is life and what are the more the medical or moral ethics of 
IVF of sperm donors? Yeah. Should a guy I, it, well, be able to be the father of 300 I just, children? I don't. Me personally, embryo is not a baby. It just, it's not a child. But don't you see how this it's is an like, embryo. it gets into a bigger conversation. Yes. It's so unregulated. We've got a million embryos frozen. We have guys donating 300, you know, sperm. So there's 300 kids. Something feels like our ethics, we haven't established ethics. And that lack of establishment, that lack of foundation has created chaos. Chris and Amy on KMOX. It's the Chris and Amy show on KMOX. There is a program, Amy, mm-hmm. that is happening in the St. Louis area teaching young people, uh, people in high school, how to properly handle a situation in which they have, uh, they're having a contact with police so that things don't escalate and get out of control. To talk about that with us, Kimberly St. Clair is on the Quiver River Electric guest line, owner and president of DocDash. MyDocDash.com is the website. We've got Kimberly with us now on KMOX. We appreciate your time, Kimberly. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? We are doing okay. So explain to us what the program is, uh, where it's happening, and then we'll get into the successes of it so far. Well, thank you for having me. So DocDash, it's an organizational communication system that I invented and patent uh, that works with police officers and motorists during traffic stops and medical emergencies. And it allows motorists a proactive opportunity to communicate any non-visible situations, circumstances, or disability while simultaneously displaying all the state-required motor vehicle documents. And I've been invited here to the Normandy High School to roll out this program and teach the curriculum of protocols to police engagement. Yeah, and it's it's such a good idea and so necessary on multiple levels. I mean, personally, just me, whenever if you get pulled over by a cop, it's a stressful situation anyway. And I think for kids knowing, OK, I'm going to interact with a cop if they don't know what could be perhaps um, a motion or an attitude or a response that could escalate the situation more quickly, you know, th- that's a very difficult situation to be in. So um, h- how do you start with students? What do you tell them about interacting with police officers? Well, first of all, I take the criminal, uh, the criminal element out of it and let them know that being stopped by the police is, is not a criminal act. You know, and um, and I think they feel like it's a criminal act. You know, making a mistake doesn't make you a criminal. It makes you human. So you may have run the red light and you may have gone too fast, but it doesn't make you a criminal. And I've learned that when I kind of take that out of the equation and give them a broader perspective into the historical perspective of how of, of traffic stops and why police pull you over and creating an atmosphere of 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 safety for everyone, a lot of them were like, wow, I never thought about how a police would feel. I never thought about how, you know, it looks through the eyes of police officers. So when you bring it from a perspective of unifying people through safety, I find that they don't take it so personal and they feel more empowered by the process. So that's something I, I guess um, would be very important for younger people to understand in their interactions with police that just because you are getting pulled over for, you know, running a red light or going a little too fast or whatever it is, it does not mean that they are taking you straight to jail, which exactly. I, I, I could see some people thinking that's what's next, that that's the next yeah. logical step. 
absolutely. And if you really understand, if you really see the disservice that these negative images on social media has taught us, if that's all the only experience that you have to live vicariously through, people are terrified of the police. They're absolutely terrified. And when I do a survey like how many people have had negative experiences by the police, 99.9% of the, the children have not had a situation, but because they've seen it, because they've had relatives that's experienced um, uh, some situations with the police or because they've seen these negative things on television, they automatically are coming to the relationship with this, this kind of, of impression. And so my goal is to, to, to break that impression. My goal is to unify us through protocols of, of safety, both for police and civilians. Because, listen, the police are just as in danger as civilians. And so they are a member of our community. And so I want, the, the, I, I want to bridge more of an adversarial relationship as opposed to, um, I mean, a, a more of an ally relationship as opposed to police being looked, at, looked upon as adversaries of, of our community. I think it's interesting what you say because uh, generally speaking about a lot of different issues, I don't know that people um, do a good enough job of putting themselves into somebody else's position. So exactly. when you say you, you have students who never even considered the possibility that a police officer walking up to the car or about to have an interaction is is also potentially in danger. They don't mm-hmm. they never really considered that before. They've never considered that before. And so when we talk about just behaviors that you can do to create an environment of safety, it all makes sense. And what I have learned is that people it's not that people don't want to do it. They've never been taught to do it. They've never been taught to do it. Everybody wants to be safe. Everybody wants to go home. No one, you know, and I tell the children over and over again, you're not a criminal. You're not being stopped because you're a criminal. You're being stopped because maybe maybe your taillights are out and you didn't know about it. And so you have nothing to hide. And so we're not going to behave or even feel like we have anything to hide. And so I really teach them to create an atmosphere of transparency and compliance so that I feel like if the if the police officers feel safe, then the whole traffic stop is going to go safe. Yeah, I know with my parents, when I started to drive, they would always say, if you get pulled over, keep your hands on the steering wheel and say, yes, mm-hmm. ma'am, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Hands on the steering wheel and then just do what they you know, ask you to do. With mm-hmm. with your class, I read that you start each class with sunglasses on and a hoodie, and then start <laughs> from there. Can you explain what you're doing <laughs> with that and what you're telling the kids? <laughs> because I want people to understand they have a lot more control over some of the outcomes that happen. And when we make certain decisions in terms of how we show up, it really does dictate how uh, sometimes how the outcome of situations are going to go. And so I start out like that on, in, on purpose, like they've not seen me before and they come in and I start teaching the class and I let them know that whether we say it or not, uh, ideas and, and people's perceptions are, are being made. I said, and whether you say anything or not, you're already judging me on the fact that I've come in here and I'm not following any protocols to engagement, like it's pro- proper protocols to take my glasses off. You're not looking at my feet when you talk to me. You're trying to see my eyes. And if you can't see my eyes, if I haven't thought enough of you to take my glasses off and take my hat off, 
it says something about my character. And when you are meeting a police officer or anyone, you, you may not ever see them again. So we want to make sure that we're showing up and demonstrating the person you want them to see you as. So I talk to them about, you know, let's take the hood off. Let's take the glasses off when you are about to have an interaction with anyone. And then after you've done, put the hood and glasses back on. But let's create an environment where people can see you the way you want to be seen. And so uh, on your website, and I mentioned it a moment ago, mydoc-.com, there's a pouch. And in mm-hmm. the pouch, you put your insurance card and your driver's license. And then I guess you hang it on the on the window, on the side Correct. window. Right. Okay, what's the, yes. what's the reasoning behind that? The reasoning is, is to create an atmosphere. The first three to four questions that's going to be asked is about your driver's license, insurance, and registration. But there's a lot of people that have communication challenges, that have, you know, non-visible situations or circumstances that in a split second when police officers have to make a decision on your behavior, there's no time. And there leaves a lot of room for police officers to to assume things that are not. So I talk about that. Like, you know, be patient with me, officer. Uh, I'm colorblind. Perhaps that could explain why you ran the red light. Be patient with me, officer. Um, uh, uh, I'm on the spectrum. You know, my son was diagnosed. I don't know if you've heard that. He's been diagnosed late at round 12. He was often misinterpreted as being disrespectful due to his flat affect. These are all things. Be patient with me, officer. I'm deaf. So, no, I wasn't running from the police. I honestly didn't hear the sirens. And so when people have just a split second uh, to make a decision on your behavior, it's just a, it's just a moment or just one more, uh, one more notion of, of explanation in terms of who you are can make a world of a difference between a, a, a police officer being careless versus being cautious and then being in a whole other situation based off of what they thought that really was not. How have the kids received the classes that you're teaching? Have they it been, has been open to it? Oh, my God. We have the most fun. I think it starts out because they feel like it's a scolding, but then I really drill down on the fact that there is nothing wrong with you and you are not a criminal, and this is proactive information. This is not because there's anything inherently wrong with you. This is proactive information. So we get up and we do traffic stops and they they come up with scenarios. Some of them are the police, some of them are the drivers, and we would just talk about what optics are and why traffic stop and the mind, the 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 the, the mentality behind why a police may pull you over. And so, it really has broadened their idea and 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 lent them not to be uh, so to take it so personal. And so, at the we have a survey, and the the responses in the survey has just almost brought me to tears because. It just lets you know that there's just so much that wasn't that we assumed that they knew. And so it just really tells the tale of the impact. I tell you, it has just truly exceeded my expectations. I'm so excited. Uh, how does this program or how do you combat the idea that there are, you know, you mentioned this earlier, that sometimes kids are going off of what family members have told them their experiences have been like with police and maybe it's not been good, and maybe generationally, you know, their mm-hmm. their parents had a bad experience, and their grandparents had a bad experience, and they hear stories about their great grandparents having bad experiences. How do you combat that when you're delivering a message to a kid 
who has just been going off of what he or she has heard from their family for so long? I let them know that they have a choice, that they don't have to make. We talk about being proactive. We talk about having uh, making good choices. And we talk about uh, the difference between being proactive and reactionary to situations. And so I let them know that that was them. That's not you. Okay? You're not going to have expired plates. That's them. That's not you. And so once they really understand that, listen, you have a fundamental choice to make a mind, a, a shift in your mind to be whatever it is and whoever it is that you want to be. You truly can go through your entire life without being arrested. It really can happen. It really can happen. And so this, it does not have to be your destiny. And I, and I see the shift in their mindset. Like, no, you have permission to be something different. You have permission to be something and to do something different. And it's almost like sometimes people just need to be told that or given permission, you know, to create boundaries and, and to, to be somebody different and to choose to go in another direction. Kimberly, have you, what has been the response for, or excuse me, from law enforcement? Have you talked to them about this? Absolutely. We have law enforcement that have sat in my classroom. Um, and I have checked in on them to ask them, am I correct? You know what I mean? And there's been some questions that I've even learned from them, like one of the law enforcement, you know, when we had a couple of people in the car, uh, pretending that we had like three or four people in the car, the law enforcement told us that, listen, any more than two people in the car, we're calling for backup. Okay, that I didn't really understand the, 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 the science behind why sometimes you have one police officer versus other times why you have two. So having that that bit of, of reassurance in the classroom that can truly answer the questions in real time, uh, getting feedback on the police officers to ask, am I truly representing the safety needs? Because it's so important that our officers are safety. This is not just about the this is not just about the civilians because the officers have families too. Their lives matter as well, and we really can create an environment where every, the safety of all are represented in one interaction. We don't have to give up one for the other. And so Doc Dash was created to, to, to align the safety needs of the police officers with the safety needs of the, of the motorists so that we can all exist harmoniously in this space. The website is mydoc-mydoc-.com. Kimberly St. Clair, we really do appreciate you talking with us today. It sounds like a great program and and wish you continued success with it. Thank you so much for having me. Kimberly St. Clair is the owner and president of DocDash. Again, it is mydoc-mydoc.com. There are certain things that, um, for example, she mentioned that if there are more than two people in the car, that sometimes the police will wait for a backup. Know, I didn't know that, yeah. I I have been told, and maybe if there is a police officer listening can correct me if I'm wrong, but if it's after a certain time, depending on where you are, if you get pulled over, they will wait for backup, even if it's just you. Really? That they'll so if you get pulled over after say midnight, that they'll wait for somebody else, another car. And I have been pulled over after like ten, eleven o'clock. Mm-hmm. It's been dark, and the first car pulls up, and then another one pulls up behind him. Not like they need two people to yeah. deal with oh, me, well, but that happened with me. And I think it, I think it was because I think it's a safety one thing. of my headlamps was out. But I was pulled over, you know, just like a single female, like in in the car, and. And there was backup. And yep. I remember thinking, wow, this looks really bad. <laughs> there are so many cop cars by me. It should have taken you to jail, though. 
just to teach you a lesson. Oh, brother. It's Chris and Amy on KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 